Chapter 9, Land of a Thousand Dances Charlie knew he needed to talk with Emily and Beth about Carol. Now that word was getting around, he didn't want them to find out from someone else. News traveled fast, even in a state as big as Texas. He was going to see them in Austin the next day and was packing a few of the smaller things they'd left behind when the phone rang. Carol. Even after a few weeks of seeing her name pop up on the caller ID, his heart still started pounding with excitement. His hands trembled, and he felt a little dizzy. He sat on the edge of the bed. Hey, happy Friday, he answered. So we have a gas leak, Carol said. The gas company came out, but they had to shut off the gas to do some repairs. It looks like it's going to be a day or two before we have hot water again. This old house has been so frustrating. Even though he'd been helping with projects around her house as much as he could, Charlie knew Carol had found one small repair after another kept cropping up in the older home. He wondered if he should call a contractor to take an overall look. Oh, babe, I'm sorry about that. Y'all okay? Yeah, I'm sorry to gripe. We're fine. Just a little irritated. I've picked up Cal from school. Hi, Mr. Charlie, Cal yelled. Charlie laughed. Tell Cal hi from me, too. Mr. Charlie says hi, buddy, Carol said. Anyway, we've grabbed a couple of bags and we're headed to a hotel now. We'll make it fun. He could hear the strain in her voice. Well, why don't you just stay here? I'm leaving early tomorrow morning to go see the girls and you can keep an eye on the plants for me, he joked. Hmm, sweetheart, I don't know. How's that going to look? To whom? To anyone. Mostly to Amy. Just let me handle that. I'll sleep on the couch, you can have my room, and Cal can be our chaperone. It's all settled. Come on over. She didn't reply, and he said, I'll grill steaks for you tonight and make a pot of coffee before I go in the morning. You drive a hard bargain, Charlie North, but you've got yourself a deal. What's your address? After they hung up, He made a quick sweep of the house to make sure all the laundry and dishes were put away. He'd been to her house several times, but she'd never been to his. He wondered what she would think about it. Compared to hers, it was pretty minimalist. Honey had decorated it all in neutrals. The walls were light gray, the furniture mostly white, with an occasional touch of blue on the throw pillows or art on the walls. He'd always thought it made the house look light and open, but he suddenly wondered if Carol would think it seemed plain compared to hers. Her house was overflowing with color. Red and yellow plaid couch, overstuffed red chairs, books piled around the living room, Cal's artwork scattered everywhere, and even some of her own paintings on the walls. It was a little chaotic, he had to admit, but warm, nonetheless, and he always loved being there with her. He hoped his house wouldn't feel cold to her. God, He prayed, this seems a little silly, but please help her feel as happy here as I do at her house. He was wiping down the kitchen counter when he looked at the coffee maker beside his single cup brewer. A pot of coffee, he thought, breaking out in a cold sweat. Did I really just invite Carol to spend the night at my house? Before he had time to dwell more on the idea, he heard her car in the driveway. Cal had already jumped out and was bounding up the sidewalk when Charlie opened the door. Mr. Charlie, he called. Thank you for letting us spend the night at your house. This is the coolest thing ever. Carol, laughing, followed him with their bags. Charlie took them from her and she kissed him lightly on the cheek. They'd been careful about how physical they were in front of Cal to give him time to get used to seeing them together. This is really thoughtful of you, Charlie. Thank you. Hey, it'll be fun. Come on in. 
Charlie and Honey had bought the house right after they got married, and it was in a neighborhood less than a mile from Carol's, just across a main road and on the way to the university where she worked. His girls had always said it looked like it came right out of a John Hughes movie. Split level, with a combination of brick and siding and a large front porch, it was at the end of a cul-de-sac with just a handful of neighbors who had lived there as long as he had. Like a small town within a small town, Honey had joked. He put the bags down in the foyer as Cal made a sweep of the front rooms. Oh my goodness, you have a porch, Carol said. We didn't think they existed in Texas, and with a swing too. Carol sat down immediately and started swinging. Cal ran back out and sat beside her. I can't tell you how much I've missed this, she said. Front porches were a staple in the neighborhood where I grew up. We couldn't find a house with one out here. He gazed at the two of them, remembering how his own girls and Honey would spend hours on that swing. Honey used to practice braiding their hair out there because she said it gave them more to distract them while she worked. Y'all want something to drink? he asked, swallowing hard. Do you have juice? Cal asked. I think I can find some, Charlie replied. Coffee for you, babe? Sitting on a front porch swing, I feel like I should be drinking sweet tea, but yes, I want coffee. It won't keep you up? He asked and winked. She raised her eyebrows, opened her mouth to reply, then glanced at Cal. She just smiled and winked back at him. He felt a little dizzy again and thought he should probably head inside to start the stakes before he got carried away. Let me know if I can help, she called. After about 30 minutes on the swing, they moved to the backyard. Carol gasped when she saw the pond that he shared with several other houses. A flagstone path led from his back patio down to the small dock. Each house had a dock, a few with gazebos, so it looked like they all lived on a tiny lake. You've been holding out on me, she said, looping her arm through his. What do you mean? he asked, as he tossed the steaks on the grill with his free hand. I didn't know your house was on the water, she laughed. I mean, it's not the Tennessee River, but it's more than I've seen anywhere else in Texas. This is actually pretty amazing. I had no idea you'd like it so much, or I would have used it to get you over here sooner, he said, squeezing her arm. He'd never taken down the girl's swing set from when they were younger, and Cal played on it while Carol sat in one of the blue Adirondack chairs, sipping her coffee and staring at the pond. Charlie went back and forth between the grill and preparing the salads and potatoes inside. He paused to watch them in the late afternoon sun, and he was surprised how content they seemed. Was it Carol, he wondered, and her ability to seemingly be at ease in any situation? Or was there something right about this? like a puzzle piece fitting into place. He decided he'd rather just be with her than spend any more time thinking about it, so he poured himself a glass of tea and joined her on the patio as the steaks continued to cook. So you like the water, huh? he asked. It's where I feel most at home, she said. It's where I can hear God's voice the most clearly, if that makes any sense. He nodded. Yeah, I've got a couple of spots like that. My sister's house is right on the river, and when I'm there, I always sneak outside early to read my Bible, watch the birds, and just kind of let the river's peace settle into me. Does that sound completely crazy? Not at all, he said, taking her hand and looking back out over the small pond. He'd never thought of the water that way, and seeing it through her eyes gave him a new sense of appreciation for his view. There are usually some turtles and fish and things like that, too, he said. Cal will have fun looking for those tomorrow. That sounds great. She waved a mosquito away. But maybe we should eat inside tonight. 
He agreed and grabbed a plate to get the steaks off the grill. A few minutes later, they sat down to steaming steaks, loaded baked potatoes, and salads, cows with a generous amount of ranch dressing. This looks amazing, Charlie, she said. I can't believe you wouldn't let us help at all. I've gotten to where I like to cook, he said. It took a few years, but people will finally eat it, too. I'm starving, Cal said, and proceeded to polish off an entire steak himself, along with most of his potato and salad. Where does he put it all? Charlie asked her as Cal took his plate to the sink. She took the last bite of her own medium-rare steak, her eyes closed with enjoyment, and said, He's like me, skinny, but loves to eat. I think you're both perfect, he replied. I'm just glad you like my cooking. It was delicious, she replied. Thank you again. I'll clean up if you need to go get Cal settled, he offered, eager to be alone with her. No, she protested. Not after you cooked all of this. At least let us do the dishes. Absolutely not, he said. Y'all are my guests. I've got this. My room's down the hall, last one on the right. I'd offer one of the girls' rooms, but they took their furniture with them to the new place. Cal yawned and headed where Charlie had pointed. Carol kissed Charlie on the cheek again and followed Cal down the hall that was full of family photos. He watched her walk past school pictures of the girls from when they were young, his and Honey's parents, and several of his family of four that had been his normal for so many years. It was strange, but somehow sweet to see her in the middle of his family. Hey, Carol, he called quietly as he picked up the last few dishes from the table. She turned around. Come back out when you can. She nodded, then continued down the hall. Carol and Cal went into Charlie's room, where he'd left their bags, and Cal put on his pajamas and moved to the adjoining bathroom to brush his teeth. She pulled out her own toothbrush and toothpaste and took it to the other side of the double sink. Charlie's toothbrush and razor were on the left where Cal was brushing, but she was surprised to see a bottle of perfume, a hairbrush, and a tray with wedding rings on the right. The back of her neck grew hot, and she bit her bottom lip. It looked like Honey could come back any moment, and for the first time, she felt a little awkward being in another woman's home, with her husband no less. When Cal finished brushing his teeth, Carol tucked him in and sat beside him on the bed. She brushed a curl of hair off his forehead. You want to pray tonight, pal? Sure. God is great. God is good. He started, then paused. Thank you for Mr. Charlie and the gas leak that let us stay here and the stakes in this bed. He yawned again. And thank you for my mom and that Mr. Charlie likes her, he said sleepily. Amen. Amen, Carol said. She said a silent prayer of her own, kissed him on the forehead, and tucked him in more snugly. Be back in just a few minutes, buddy, she whispered. She tiptoed back towards the dining room and stopped to look more closely at the family pictures on the wall. Newborn photos of the girls, their school pictures, and more of the family at the beach over the years. Then she spotted an older picture of Charlie, Honey, Amy, and Ford, arms all linked with each other. Like the photo in Honey's office, they were in Baylor sweatshirts and laughing. Carol started to study it more closely, then turned away as she heard an Otis Redding song start playing from the living room. She walked back in to see that Charlie had cleared the dishes and was lighting a couple of candles. A record player behind the table was playing You Left the Water Running on vinyl. I see we're going old school tonight, she said. I'm old school every night, baby, he laughed, putting down the lighter and taking her by the hand. Charlie, she started, are you sure you're ready for this? He pulled her tightly to him, 
holding her right hand in his left next to his chest, his arm around her waist, as they started to sway slowly. Well, it has been a while since I've been dancing, but I think I can manage, he said. She smiled, but wouldn't let him skirt the issue. I don't mean that. Being here, in your house, I just have to ask one last time. Are you sure you're ready to be with someone else? No, he said softly. I'm not ready to be with someone else. I'm ready to be with you. She closed her eyes and pressed her forehead into his cheek as they continued to sway to the music. You're spoiling me, she whispered, letting herself enjoy the feel of his arm wrapped strongly around her as they danced around the living room. That's the plan, he murmured. The song ended and they slowed to a stop as the record player whirred. She turned her face up to him, their lips about to meet, when she heard, Mom? They jumped and pulled apart. Cal was standing at the edge of the dark hall. Hey, buddy, you okay? She asked, her heart pounding like crazy. I thought you were coming right back, he said grumpily. I am, pal, right now, she said. She took a deep breath to try to slow down her heart. Okay, he said. He sighed dramatically and headed back to bed. Good night, Charlie, she whispered and kissed him on the cheek, walking after Cal but looking back once over her shoulder. Charlie was holding on to one of the dining room chairs as he watched her walk away. Cal was back in the king-size bed, asleep within seconds, it seemed. She changed clothes, laid down on the other side of the bed, and said her own prayer, full of thanks for the man who had just held her in his arms as Otis Redding played on repeat in her head. Charlie managed to get a few hours of sleep before getting up early on Saturday. He made the promised pot of coffee and tried to be quiet as he got dressed, so he wouldn't wake Carol and Cal. He was pouring himself a travel mug when she walked sleepily into the room wearing a Samford shirt and plaid boxer shorts. Does she look good in everything? He asked himself, letting his eyes wander down her legs for just a moment. Mmm, that smells amazing, she said yawning as she walked into the kitchen. She wrapped her arms around his neck, pulled him to her, and kissed him firmly. Mmm, now that's amazing, he said, wrapping his arms around her waist. What was that for? A thank you for your hospitality, for the dance last night and the coffee this morning. She took another deep breath. It really does smell great. It's from a local roaster. You'll love it. The mugs are in the cabinet just above the pot, he gestured. I have to say it's nice having you here. Really nice. We promise to take good care of everything while you're gone, she murmured, her fingers teasing the back of his neck. She kissed him again, and he suddenly didn't want to go anywhere. He was intoxicated by her warmth, the scent of her hair, and how soft her body felt pressed up next to him. He kissed her deeply, and his lips started toward her neck when she pulled back. "Uh, Okay, you'd better go, mister, she laughed. You started it, he replied, kissing her again. Hmm, I guess you're right, she said. One more for good luck, then. He let his lips meet hers again, then reluctantly pulled away. Call me when you're on your way back, she asked. You bet, he said, as he headed out the door.